State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Another edition of State Champs Indiana's Extra Point Podcast, presented by Lawrence and Logical University, Greg Rakestraw, and the very recent birthday boy in Bob Stambazzi. Joining us, hello, my friend, and a belated happy birthday to you. Well, thank you very much. It was a wonderful day yesterday as the fire department made a visit because I had so many candles on the cake, but other than that, it was good. Thank you. <laughs> That's not the first time local authorities have been to your house. You know, this is fact, you know, so hey, I mean, we, we, we get it. They, they on a first name basis with you. Well, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, a very, a very hearty congratulations to you. Tell me about the game you had two days before your birthday on Friday night. Actually, a very good football game. I thought it would be that. And it turned out to be exactly what we thought as Peru came into Southwood to take on uh, the undefeated Knights. And uh, it was their physicality that caused trouble for Southwood up front. And uh, Southwood didn't get a hold of the game until the fourth quarter and came away victorious in that bad boy, 36-17. to 17. Now, they, Southwood did jump out to an early lead, but back came Peru to take the lead. And then uh, uh, some sluggish offense by Southwood and some good defense. Got to give credit where defense uh, really stood up for Peru. But Southwood's athleticism overall, uh, uh, Greg, just, just took over in the fourth quarter and and that's how they get a big win in that ball game. But uh, uh, maybe, I don't think so, but maybe they're looking down the road uh, to next week's game against Valley. You hope not, but uh, it's it. that's it. That's where it's going to come down to here in the Three Rivers Conference. Our pod- podcast is by Lawrence Technological University of 100-degree programs offered at the university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. Let's talk about Peru for a second, because you and I have discussed how the job that Romans and St. Louis has done yes. to turn that program around, you know, having zero wins a couple of years ago. That's their second loss of the season. They are in a sectional where the draw means a lot because there are two or three pretty solid teams and everybody else is, is struggling a little bit. Uh, Fort Wayne Concordia, just because of the schedule uh, that uh, that Lutheran plays, uh, is 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 the favorite there. Um, but then you've got Norwell at six and one, uh, obviously a past state finals participant, and Peru at five and two. I realize they're not going to play Norwell or Concordia Lutheran. How does Peru potentially stack up with teams like that, Coach? I tell you, a team that scares me uh, uh, as as Concordia comes back. Uh, getting their players back. We, we alluded to that a couple weeks ago. But a team in this sectional is Norwell that uh, I think is a very good football team. Uh, so they would match up against a Norwell team better than they would match up against a Concordia team that has more athleticism and more speed. 
If you want to get a good old slobber knocker going in the trenches with the hogs, that would be a game with Peru and Norwell. If you get to the outside and the speed with Concordia, I think uh, Peru might have some issues. But one thing they did, Greg, and I did mention, which I apologize, they uh, shifted around uh, their quarterbacks during the game. <clears throat> and they took Strong out, and they brought in a freshman whose ma- name just now just slipped my mind as I going to say it, but who threw the touchdown pass to Levi Strong, their quarterback. So th- this is a team that uh, is versatile enough to compete. i just not sure if they are quick enough to compete. Southwood, again, a team we've talked about extensively because that's probably the team that Bob has seen the most this year, and rightfully so. They are one of the best in Class 1A. They are 7-0. Again, in their sectional, it is more than likely going to come down to between them and Adams Central, which has a couple of losses this year, both those two really good football teams, East Side, who we'll talk about in a matter of moments, um, as well as uh, their rival in South Adams. Again, South Adams, Adams Central, not in the same sectional, Southwood and Adams Central are in the same sectional in section number 44. Let's talk about the game that I had on Friday night for the ISC Sports Network and my TV and Lawrence North and Warren Central. Bob, I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a game. You know, we can talk about a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. That's a common broadcaster cliche. That generally means that one team played well in one half and the other team played well in the other. Now I'm talking about how a team moved the football. So allow me to illustrate. In the first half uh, of the victory for Lawrence North over Warren Central, 34-13, it was a better game than that score would indicate, uh, but LN was clearly the better team on Friday night. LN's Donovan McCulley, the IU-bound quarterback, was 11 of 13 for 222 yards uh, in the first half and threw three touchdown passes in the first half. In the second half, Donovan completed two passes, one of them for negative two yards, the other for 50 yards and a touchdown. Lawrence North had six rushing yards in the first half. They had over 120 in the second half as they were largely playing keep away, doing an extended four-minute drill, trying to keep Warren Central's offense off the field. It all adds up to Lawrence North's first victory over Warren Central in 15 years. LN gets their fifth win of the season. That's the first time they have hit that plateau in 12 years. And any other win this year will give them a winning season also for the first time in 15 years. The reward for Lawrence North, they get number one Senator Grove coming up on Friday night. But the real goal for Pat Mallory's team is to claim a football sectional for the first time in 30 years. LN, Warren Central, LC, and North Central comprise sectional number seven in 6A. And let me mention who Donovan McCauley's favorite target was. Because Omar Cooper, who much like McCauley, is going to play at a Division I level. Omar is a junior, uh, but Omar has a plethora of Division I offers. Michigan State, West Virginia probably are, are the heads of that. Omar had five catches for 212 yards and three touchdowns. (laughs) Exactly. And both McCauley and Cooper are basketball players at Lawrence North as well. I counted them off quickly of the young men I knew from last year's varsity basketball roster. Five basketball football players on this group. Now, most of these kids are, say, the role players in basketball. Of their basketball skills, Cooper is probably the best of the bunch. There are three other Division I athletes that play basketball at Lawrence North 
that don't play on the football team. So these kids are probably four through eight from a rotational standpoint for head coach Jack Heifer. And maybe one or two of those kids won't play basketball this year, their senior year. They'll, they'll focus on football. But you get my point. For, for a school that has had a remarkable run of athletes in basketball, but seemingly that has never translated to football success, they have found something on the northeast side of Indianapolis. And that is cool because as low as they have been on the football side, Jack has been so popular on the basketball side. This is this is really exciting for, I think, Indianapolis in general uh, to get another name out there instead of just the Ben Davises and Warren Centrals that we've heard over the years. Now, let me again say this. Again, how close are they going to be to Center Grove? Uh, I think they can put some points on Center Grove. Um, I, I think wow. the front seven can win some battles, but, but, but Center Grove simply put is too good. I, I am hoping that the game is within three scores uh, on Friday night. That's how good Center Grove is. Center Grove, this will be their final league game because they play Cathedral next week. Center Grove began their conference season in week number two. Center Grove has outscored their previous six conference foes 267 to 26. So Center Grove comes in at 6 and 0, Carmel is 4 and 1, LN is 3 and 2. Center Grove already has beaten Carmel. So Center Grove has already clinched the conference championship. They are simply playing for history. They are simply playing to have and O on the side of their names in league play and hopefully from their perspective uh, until the end of the regular season. But uh, I'll get to lay my eyes on the Center Grove team. And largely, Bob, they are the same kids that I saw last year playing sophomores and juniors primarily go from four and five in the regular season and make their way to the state championship game. And all of a sudden, in the local area, hey, look out, there's your 6A state champ next year. I'm not sure if I've ever been as prophetic uh, as I was saying that because this team is putting together one of the most dominant runs in the history of big school football. Well, I do recall you last year making mention that you felt uh, this Center Grove team was going to be a beast this year, and you hit the nail right on the head. Well, thank you for reading that exactly as I scripted it out for you and, and, and praising me. Thank you very much. With that, um, let's talk about Fort Wayne area. What caught your attention for Friday night? Well, uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. It was, uh, for me, Snyder winning 44 to nothing. And some people say, how can you say it wasn't a homestead over Carroll? It was Snyder winning 44 to nothing over Northrop. And uh, is that the stepping stone now that gets Snyder's season going? Because you know and I know tradition plays a big role there. By the way, Russ Isaacs was uh, roaming the sideline in the <laughs> ball game too. So I'm sure Coach Shipman had enjoyed having him down there, uh, giving his raw raw. But Homestead just pounded Carroll over the weekend. You're ready for the score, 70 to 41. Nobody could spell defense as they got up and down the field this week. So uh, that that was pretty a, a pretty interesting uh, game to me. I thought another one uh, probably didn't get as much glitter as it should have uh, was the uh, Elkhart game. I just staying undefeated, and Elkhart uh, uh, just beats Adams 51 to nothing. But they're just going through the motion right now. Uh, to get to tournament play, as far as I'm concerned. A team that's going to sneak up, we haven't even talked about them, is Bart Curtis's Warsaw Tigers. They're 6-1 and one right now. And they set atop the Northern Lakes Conference of 5-0. and oh, And, uh, boy, 
<laughs> just leave it to Bart and he'll get them going, as you know, over the years. But what about Maryville? Having to take the trip down <laughs> to take on Chittard, they get beat uh, down at Chittard over the weekend. That is another northern team that I look at that was per- that's pretty good with all those Division One players. Valpo uh, is going to get back into action here pretty soon. Uh, it, it's just South Adams winning. I mean, come on. I mean, they'd they be – uh, Jay County and just South Adams is a juggernaut right now. And I think maybe the last one I'll do was that you, you brought up, I'm just going to throw up. Uh, we talk about Eastside a lot, Greg. Yep. One school we are all forgetting about. And here is the thing that I scratched my head over. They got Eastside in the small division of the NCC, uh, NECC up at uh, uh, Northeastern corner conference in Fairfield is in the big school, big division, big school division. They're six and zero. Eastside six and one, and three and zero in conference play is Fairfield. Two and zero in conference play is Eastside. You know, and Eastside loses in overtime to Concord. So it's a small school, and really it was at the end of the game where Concord got the W. So we had some pretty exciting football up here uh, this past weekend. Well, let's talk about uh, Friday and arranged marriages, as I have been wont to call them uh, throughout the course of the state. So you referenced Eastside. That game was was announced, I think, early in the week uh, as far as teams that were looking, uh, you know, to, to not be off on Friday night. And Eastside was a team that made somewhat of a surprise run last year and knew they would have a good setup for this year. So Eastside's first loss of the season is to – a solid 5A school in Concord. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have seen through this process of games having to be postponed because of COVID-19 is that the teams at the 1A, 2A levels that are really good have said, hey, we'll play up. We'll take the challenge. And you referenced Fairfield, who is 6-0, Bluffton, who is 6-1. and And even though this does not appear to be a vintage Lures team, Lures is in that sectional too. They're two and five. And again, Lures and, and Modern Day are kind of in the same boat just because of, uh, I remember the old Modern Day rallying cry from 30 years ago, 0 and 8 and going to state. They play <laughs> such a, a different brand of football in the regular season that you just look at them and say, hey, if they're in your sectional, look out. I don't care what their record is because you know the caliber of teams they have played. So East Side is by far the highest ranked team in that sectional in 35. I think that was a great decision by them to play that game to give themselves a challenge. Now, on the same boat, since you referenced Maribel and Chittard, that's the game that took place close to the Rakestraw household on Friday night. Uh, since Chittard Stadium is, is a mile at most from where I live, and a lot of folks will kind of bag on Maribel, not for playing the game, but for saying, all right, really, how good is Maribel? They just got beat by a 3A team. Um, do, 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 do I think that tells me maybe the gap between say a Merrillville and the top of six, a locally? Yeah, it probably does. It reinforces just how good Chatard is and, and just how good they were a year ago. And knowing that Chatard now plays really the equivalent of a five, a to six, a schedule and, and not a three, a schedule. And other than one slip up against cathedral, Chatard has proven their metal you know, throughout the course of the season. But this is where we talk about just how wide open 6A is in the northern half. Not overall, but in the northern half. You referenced Homestead and Carroll, both in 6A. You referenced Warsaw, 6A. 
Maryville, 6A. And again, there is no Carmel in the northern half of the bracket in 6A this year. So Maryville is still a team that you got to talk about. You got to throw in Lafayette Jeff that has put up 76 points already in a game this year. And I, and I specify that game because it's against a good, a decent team in Harrison. And we're not, not just the back end of the league, but a good team that they put 76 points up against. Uh, Jeff does have a victory against a 6A school from Indy, albeit a one that's struggling in Lawrence Central. But the other team now that I will bring up in 6A is Westfield. Westfield is now 6-1. and one. Westfield lost their opener to Cathedral rather handily. Since that time, Westfield has rattled off six straight victories. A couple of weeks ago, they beat Brownsburg and catch everybody's attention. And Jake Gilbert, four years ago, won the 5A championship at Westfield, but they knew they were making their final bump up in, uh, in classification. And this has been the story for Westfield athletics now for the better part of the last 20 to 25 years with the rapid growth in that area. They made the 2A state finals less than 30 years ago. From 2A to 6A in the span of about 25 years, in the span of about a generation. Uh, and there have been a lot of bumps along the way simply because they were, they were playing schools that had a bigger talent base than Westfield did. Um, you know, and even when they won that 5A championship, they knew not on success factor, on enrollment, they were heading to 6A. They've been around 500 the last three years, and here they are. And again, because their neighbor to the east in Carmel uh, is no longer there waiting on them in a sectional or a regional, they feel they can make a run. So, Bob, to, to me, the, 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 the brackets and the brackets get revealed on Thursday. Right. The brackets that are most interesting to me are 5A North and 6A North because I, I can point to five or six teams in those groups and say, hey, they've got a chance of playing at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, I think that is a kind of an interesting point there. I also, you know, being from over here in the Northeast, uh, I'm kind of looking at a couple different areas that uh, we're going to look at over here that uh, – Number one is really going to be the 1A draw for us because that's where most of our schools are at. And one thing, too, to throw out, and you brought this up, and I like it when you do this every week, about the arranged marriages. Uh, Adam Central took on Twin Lakes this last weekend yep. and handed it to them. They, they put it on them 49-29. to 29. So uh, this is a team that's playing good football, but that draw is going to come out. So very, very important to see how Southwood – and let's not forget the uh, – the upset maker, Norfield, check into this bad boy. Because remember, last year, Norfield drew Southwood and upset them in the first round of the sectional. So this is uh, this is going to be an interesting draw up here in this one. Uh, pretty much everything's set up here until you get to the 2A and see how things pan out for the uh, sectional and then into the regional with the east sides and the Fairfields and Eastbrook and a team that's coming, by the way, they changed their offense after the first three weeks. They've totally revamped their offense. They haven't lost since. Is Oak Hill. So it's going to be a hot roll here in the northeast corner. Let's pause right now for this message from our friends at Lawrence Indological University, located in Southfield, Michigan, offering 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field and even men's volleyball to some of the newest offerings. 
There's nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you've dreamed about it, check this out. Head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, a couple of games from this area I want to talk about from Friday night, and then we'll kind of look forward uh, to uh, what you and I have respectively uh, coming up this weekend. I'm touching on already to a certain degree with uh, with Lawrence North and and Center Grove playing each other. Uh, but Mooresville loses uh, to Whiteland. Uh, Mooresville, a team uh, that has been one of the highest rated teams in 4A all season long, and Whiteland is a ranked team in 5A. I don't expect a precipitous drop. Um, down the standings and the rankings uh, for Mooresville. But of note, Whiteland got that victory, and now it's a three-way tie atop the Mid-State Conference, a conference that really has upped their level of football um, over the course of the last five to ten years. And because we have talked a lot about Cathedral this year, Cathedral completes the Greater Catholic League sweep uh, of beating three consecutive Cincinnati Catholic school powers over three consecutive weeks in games, all played at Arlington Middle School, uh, formerly Arlington High School, of course, now that the home field on a more permanent basis for Cathedral. This time, Cathedral beats Elder 37 to 14 after closer games against St. X and LaSalle. Um, again, the GCL in Cincinnati uh, have two different divisions. There are four teams that play in the big boy division. Cathedral has wins over three. They didn't play Moeller. Cathedral thumped Moeller when they played them last year. I'm not sure if the Irish got a trophy at the end of their game on Friday. Bob, I'm pretty sure they're going to get a trophy on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, this is after, by their own standards, some down years at Cathedral. They are loaded again this season. It, it, it's funny how that is. You know, that school over there, it's the name. You know that. I know that. Everybody in the Midwest knows about Moeller in, in out of Ohio. So with that, um, like I said, I'll go back to what we talked about just before that. We, we said some nice things about our friends at LTU. Um, when I look at the 5A and 6A bracket, a lot of the power is in the South. And that's not in 5A, just kind of an Indianapolis thing. It's also kind of a way the line gets drawn through this area. Uh -huh. So, for example, last year, Zionsville played in 6A, and Zionsville was a surprise sectional champ, and they were in the southern half of the bracket. They go into the 5A northern half of the bracket this year. And the reason being, for those that don't know, Elkhart, another team that I'll talk about in the northern half of 6A, uh, with the merger of Elkhart Central, Elkhart Memorial, both those two teams played in the 5A draw. So somebody, with Elkhart becoming a 6A school, you had to put another, you had to drop a school out of 6A, put them into 5A. That was Zionsville. They also go in the northern half of the bracket. So for the Indy area 5A teams that are, that are really good, Zionsville goes north, but Cathedral, Decatur Central, Whiteland, New Pal, all go to the southern half of the bracket in 5A this year. Uh, and those schools are, are in a couple of different sectionals. Cathedral, Decatur Central are in one sectional. New Pal and Whiteland are in a different sectional. Uh, those two would feed into each other uh, and see it, they see each other in the same regional. So. Again, do I, do I think I know who the 6A champion is? Yep, Center Grove. Do I think I know who the 5A champion is? Yep, Cathedral. So to me, the interest is going to be who is it that represents the northern half 
of the bracket in those groupings. And that's why what you said earlier about Snyder's wind bass caught my attention because it could be Snyder opposite Cathedral in that 5A state championship game. Yeah, in, in the 5A, and you still look at things around here, uh, when you talk 5A, you still have to talk about the Wanger. They're saying they're 6-1. and one. They yep. win the Battle of the Bishops over the weekend by defeating a Lures team, 43-6. Uh, to six. But you can't forget about, uh, what's that school out of the north called Vikings? Oh, yeah. That's now, right. And uh, they're, they're still going to get back into action here quickly. Uh, but they're 3-0, and and they will play Portage. But uh, they've been out with a little COVID, and uh, they'll be back at it this week. But I would say, out of the north, uh, you, you have to look at Valpo and DeWanger as the two top dogs. Maybe a dark horse would be a Michigan City in 5A. Again, there's probably a little more. You're right. And shame on me for not putting Valpo in that mix. But Valpo and Central Catholic down in 1A are probably the teams that have the deepest state tournament aspirations that their grade on the regular season will be incomplete yeah. because they will have missed significant chunks of time. For Central Catholic, they will have missed two significant chunks of the season. They didn't start playing until week number three. You referenced Twin Lakes having played Adam Central. Well, Twin Lakes was available because they were supposed to play Central Catholic. Central Catholic has now missed each of the last two weeks from a football standpoint. And so just how prepared are those schools going to be? Valparaiso gets another week off because of being in 5A. There's only one 5A game that will take place in week number one. That takes place in the Indianapolis area because sectional 13 has both the Terre Haute schools, Cathedral, Plainfield, and Decatur Central. So that's that's the only – everybody else in 5A knows they get the first week off. They don't start the postseason until October the 30th. But that is the other question that we have going into the postseason is – Teams that didn't come close to playing a full schedule. You know, some teams will end up playing seven or eight games. You feel that's a representative look at, at what you would have had. For example, in this area, Warren Central is sitting on seven games right now. They didn't play in week one. They already had an opening in week number nine. Maybe somebody schedules them in week number nine that's available at the 6A level or 5A level, maybe. Uh, but but still, you feel, okay, you kind of know what you've got in that team. There are going to be some schools playing the postseason play four or five games. Yes. And, and we knew that going in. I'm not talking about it being fair or unfair. It's 2020. It is what it is. I guess my question, Baz, is how ready are those teams going to be for postseason play? Well, I, I think it's a great question. I also look at the fact if they did not get all those games in, but they, let's say, come in and play in the final three games of the season, maybe missing in the middle, A, how healthy are they going to be? That's another key thing you look at there is the health of the kids as they get nicked up throughout the season. Hey, it could be a blessing. You don't want that. to get a little rest before going down the stretch. But I, I that's a great question, and that's one of the questions I usually talk a lot about on my show. When you're out for two weeks of practice, okay, you're going to miss a game, but it's that practice time that you need. It's not that game time. You just feel like you're shutting down and you're starting all over again, uh, you know, when you get to that point again. If you're in 5A or 6A, you've got a little more time. You've got, you got an extra week, and, and it really is a second season. When you shut it down for a week at the end of the season and then know you're not playing until October the 30th, I think it's easier for those teams than, say, the 1A through 4A level when you're playing immediately out of the gate. And obviously, next week on the show, Bob and I will talk as much about what happens in week eight and as week nine as we will 
the postseason draw because we will have some of the great games across the state to preview for you. And again, a reminder, normally this is a Sunday night show, but the IHSA realizes they do not operate in a vacuum. And when the NFL schedule makers make Colts Browns a 425 kickoff, well, that's the reason why the pairing show will take place on Thursday this year instead of Sunday. So in case you're wondering, hey, wait a minute, why is the show Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern time? That's the reason why, uh, because uh, a lot of the same stations that carry the Indianapolis Colts would carry the pairing show. And that's the reason why it was a Thursday night. So with that out of the way, my friend, what do you have coming up for week number eight? We'll be in scenic Bunker Hill, Indiana this Friday night as uh, Wabash will go over and take on the Braves in a TRC tussle. Interesting matchup. I think both teams, uh, going back to the COVID situation, that's what happened to McConaughey, uh, Greg, to start the season. They were on quarantine during conditioning and, uh, in preseason. That was a big, big trouble spot for them. Uh, they're back at it now. Coach is doing a great job of this program. Coach Hanley's going to take his Apaches over there off a fresh win over North Miami last week. This should be a lot of fun. Sam Hipskin, I'll have the call on 105.9 to bay. Again, so make sure you catch that on Friday night. My game, best in the state, and maybe one of the best in the country. And for a third consecutive year, we are talking about a team that I think is in the conversation for the best in their school's illustrious history. Three years ago was Ben Davis, and the conversation in 2017 was, is this the best team in the history of Indiana high school football? In 2018, Warren Central, I think, was in those conversations I think injuries kind of slowed them down. They still went 14-0, and and the bar is set is set so high because of how good Warren was in the mid-2000s when they were winning three and four state championships in a row. Um, but Senator O, this is the best team they have had. They have made the state finals on five previous occasions. Um, and again, I, I think their defense is so stifling. You know what I said? They've got 40 points all year. We're to week eight. Opponents are averaging under six points a game against Center Grove. And trust me, they're averaging far more than six. Curry, Booker, Jackson, Steele, all Division I level players. If you include small college kids, there's only 15 to 20 college football players on that Center Grove roster. Um, they, are, they are awesome. I am looking forward to seeing them in person uh, with the idea. We'll see them a lot come postseason time. And probably in the state championship game. Anything else for the good of the cause, my friend? Yeah, looking forward to another great week of high school sports here in Indiana. Thank you so much to our friends at State Champs. Thanks to our sponsor in Lawrence Tech. And thanks to Wes Wolf behind the scenes. For the belated birthday boy, Bob Stambazzi, I am Greg Rakestraw. We'll do it again next week. You've been listening to the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast.